One other thing, I think it rips through your clothes when it takes you over. Windows found some shredded long johns, but the name tag was missing. They could be anybody's. Nobody... Nobody trusts anybody now. We're all very tired. Welcome to the Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. This is Eric. Across from me is Arwen. You can follow us at Funtime Movies One on Twitter. That is at Funtime Movies and the number one. Uh, please like and subscribe. Anyway, what did we see? We saw the thing. The thing. And uh, not, not the 2011 thing. Right. Yeah. This was 19. 19- 82. 82. Yeah. Okay, Um. before we talk about that, let's talk about movie trailers. Okay. We do that every now and then. Yeah. There's a couple movies I do want to see. Mm-hmm. One is coming out on Netflix, I think, next week. Okay. And that's The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yes, that one looks really good. It looks funny. It's a Coen Brothers movie. We're going to do a ton of Coen Brothers movies, just like we're going to do a ton of John Carpenter movies, this being our first one. Yeah, it looks funny. I want to see it. James Franco's in it. I don't know the dude's name, but he played in uh, The Incredible Hulk as a scientist. He played a scientist in the new Fantastic Four movie, Fan Four Stick. Um, <laughs> he played in uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, the, the, the skinny guy? Yeah, they turned him into a toad. Yeah. <laughs> so, they turned him into a toad. Yeah, I I, I can't remember that guy's name right now. Yeah, I can't remember his name. It doesn't matter. But there's a lot of people in this movie, and I do want to see Mm -hmm. it. Did you see anything you'd like to see? Um, There was a couple of trailers this week that looked kind of funny. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of family-friendly movies coming out, I've noticed, more more than normal. It's Christmas time. Well, yeah, but even some of them, I think, said they weren't going to come out towards the summer. The Secret Life of Pets 2. Yeah, and we haven't even seen the first one yet. Right. We might watch that. We need to watch that one. I think that one's on Netflix right now. Just the trailer alone just had me giggling. Yeah, it's funny. It was so funny. I remember the first trailer, you know, the uh, the people go away and they're playing like heavy metal music and Uh partying and stuff. (laughs) So, yeah, I haven't seen the first movie yet either. And then we both looked at uh, Mortal Engines. Yeah, Mortal Engines looks fantastic. It's amazing to see the cities. Yes. You know, the rolling cities. And I was like, how are they going to do this? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So. Um, that's Peter Jackson. So it's guaranteed to be, what, 90 years old? <laughs> uh, I mean, 90 years it's in gonna, length. It's going to be long. It's going to be a long-ass movie, I bet. Into the Spider-Verse. I saw the original teaser, like, I feel like a year ago. Yeah. And it kept saying, Christmas, Christmas. Well, it's December 14th, so it's close enough. Yeah. And, you know, it comes around time of somebody's birthday. So I'm assuming we're going to go see that movie. This new trailer actually made me want to go see it. Really? Yes. Ah. I, I read the comic book, so I understand the Spider-Verse right. deal. You know, there's a web, and they all, each web is attached to a different reality. And in the comic book, somebody's cutting the webs and killing, uh, killing and eating the spider person from that reality. It was a okay. very good. Uh, it was a very good comic book uh, series. 
um, I think in 2016 or 15. So I'm pretty excited. It, it introduced uh, Gwen Stacy as Spider-Gwen. Right. She's on a Disney Channel uh, thing, I think, called Secret Empire. No, not Secret Empire. Oh, Secret Warriors. Okay. With her and Squirrel Girl and the new Miss Marvel. Oh, I saw you watching that the other day. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm a dork. <laughs> uh, but she, she calls herself Ghost Spider in that, and that's played by Dove Cameron. Uh, we've seen her, I think, on Arrow. Oh, okay. Uh, she's got white hair. She she should play Dove in the Teen Titans show, but she's not. So, yeah, those, those trailers all looked really good. Yeah. What about the trailer to The Thing? I thought it was a good trailer. Yes. Um, there is a huge cast, so they showed everyone from the cast. There's like 12 yeah. characters in this movie, and so they showed each of them, which I thought was like, oh my god, this movie's going to be like four hours long because there's so many people in it. Well, it runs an hour and 49 minutes. But it didn't feel like oh, it absolutely did. not. This movie really keeps your attention. It... it, it Kept going, yeah. like in in a path. It did not stop, which it's I was very linear, very on the rails type of movie where where point A eventually gets you to point B to point C. Mm-hmm. I mean, these things happen in a, a good amount of time. Yeah, they, there's good pacing in this movie. Um, I like the trailer because it didn't reveal the monster. Yeah, yeah, it didn't show the monster. It didn't really tell you what the monster was going to be. It's, it's the one thing I. I criticize movie trailers about to this day is that a movie trailer shows way too much of a movie. Mm-hmm. It's gonna tease you, like all right when uh, Captain America: Civil War came out, right? They showed Spider Man, which they sh- definitely should have not. They should have kept him out of that trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing they didn't show in the in the trailer. Was Ant Man getting bigger right. and grabbing War Machine or Iron Patriot? I was he War Machine or Iron Patriot? It doesn't matter. I'm not sure. Uh, Rhodey, James Rhodes. Yeah. Um. By the by the ankle. That was brilliant. Not to when, show that when that happened, I marked out like a tiny little boy because <laughs> it was awesome. So, all right. So yeah, the trailer didn't show as much as. Uh, as I think they would show today. No. In fact, yeah. I watched the uh, trailer for the updated uh, 2011. Uh, it's a prequel, but it's called the same movie. It's The Thing. Right. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit of detail. Because we haven't seen the movie, but I've seen the trailer. And I've read reviews of the movie. So, yeah, that's that's good. Like I said, this movie runs an hour and 49 minutes. Um, we watched this on Stars Encore. We have uh, Comcast cable, so we have the good on-demand button, and 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 we subscribe to what two movie uh, channels, mm-hmm. but we get Stars for free. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't uh, watch a lot of Stars, so no, it was kind of nice. <laughs> it's always the same stuff every month. They don't really update. Well, I think they update, but they just don't. They don't have anything on there that I'd I'd watch. Yeah, not normally. There is some older movies that are on there that I notice. Like, there's some old Godzilla movies on there, and I'm not going to get us into a Godzilla wormhole because that would take forever. <laughs> um, but we we might review the new Godzilla, the new Kong Skull Island, and uh, the upcoming Godzilla King of the Monsters. 
Yeah. Uh, those all look really good. We saw Kong Skull Island, and we saw uh, the updated Godzilla, the American one, not the one Toho put out, like, right after. This is directed by John Carpenter. He directed Halloween, Ghost of Mars, Vampires, Prince of Darkness, Big Trouble in Little China, Escape from New York. Oh, yeah. Escape from Hell Hay. So there's, there's some good movies in there. Exactly. And I've always liked John Carpenter because he his lore building is really good. Yeah. Like, he can build a world where whatever's happening in that world, it's believable. And so he did that with uh, The Thing. It stars Kurt Russell. If you don't know who Kurt Russell is, you don't ever watch any movies. <laughs> He's in a lot of stuff, um, from Stargate to the one and only Genuine original family band to a bunch of Disney movies in the in the sixties and seventies. He was in the Fox and the Hound. I found out as yes. a character. Mm-hmm. He was in uh, Tombstone. He did a lot of westerns in his old days. He did a lot of television series. He did a lot of Disney as a child. It, yeah, a ton of Disney. And when he got with John Carpenter for uh, Escape from New York, it was like people were like, okay, so the computer wore tennis shoes is now supposed to be some badass dude. Oh, was this his first film coming from like the Disney? Where no, he this changed? wasn't, but uh, oh, okay. Escape from New York, I think, was. Okay. Because like, that had to be really weird because he was he very, was very vanilla. Yes. Tango and Cash. Well, it's, it's a goofy movie, but I like it. Um, and he's got one coming up that I think is going to be exclusive to Netflix called The Christmas Chronicles. Oh, where he plays Santa. He plays Santa. I'm very not wanting to see that, <laughs> but I want to see it just because of him. But I've seen enough Santa movies in my life that yeah. I'm like, do we really need another Santa movie? We do. We I always guess we need do. another Santa movie. Um, Wilford Brimley's in this movie. He is uh, unrecognizable. He is non-mustachioed. And younger. Yeah, he's younger. He, he's much younger. I'd say he's in his 30s, 40s, something like that. Probably a little older than that. Nope. No? Nope. Really? Yep. Oh my. Because in Cocoon, he was younger than Tom Cruise is right now. I did not realize yeah. that. He just looks older. Yeah. Well, it's probably the diabetes. Yeah, he's got the diabetes. <laughs> uh, you know him from that meme, diabetes. Uh but he was in Cocoon. He was on uh, television for a little while. Was it that show called Our House or something? Yeah. That was a big show in yeah. the 80s, 90s. Various other movies. He's a very good actor. Yeah. Loved him in Cocoon. And he really is a great actor mm-hmm. for this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't expect what I got out of him in this movie. Keith David's in this movie. Yep. You might know him as Mary's father and there's something about yeah. Mary. But... <laughs> Most famously, he's in a John Carpenter movie called They Live. That's right. Where he's Rowdy Roddy Piper's friend, sort of. Yeah. Uh, but they have this fight. The this fisticuffs. Choreographed <laughs> fight. And I really enjoyed this fight. He's a good actor. Yes. Richard Mauser's in this. Is it Mauser or Mazer? Is he I'm going to say Mazer. The guy who played Vince. Um, he's the one with the beard. He played the dad in License to Drive. Oh, he was Clark. Yeah. Yes, I recognize him. That's also, where I saw him. Yeah, he also played a dad in another movie uh, we've watched recently, and I can't remember now. It doesn't matter. No. Because Richard Mazur's been in everything. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I looked at his IMDb. He's he, if you watched any shows, television shows in the eighties and early nineties, he was in it. Yeah, he was everywhere. He was very popular. Yes, he must be a really nice guy. Yeah, to get so many roles. <laughs> now T.K. Carter's in this movie, and he is so recognizable. I thought he was in uh, the Warriors, but I couldn't find that credit. I thought he was in a couple other things, and I was wrong. So, But he's very recognizable. He was in the 70s and 80s. I think he was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did see a movie that he was in it called Amazon Women on the Moon. <laughs> parody movie. It's very funny. It's one of those uh, movies with several vignettes that never really tie into other vignettes. Mm-hmm. Then we got David Clennon. Who does he play? He plays Palmer. Palmer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Palmer, David Clennon, uh, he was in Gone Girl. Oh. Yeah. As who? I don't know. Oh. I'm just telling you what movies he's been in. <laughs> like, if you... It, it, this cast... All this cast uh, were in a lot of stuff. There's uh, Richard Dysart. I think he played the doctor. He's credited as Dr. Cooper. Yeah. Wilford Brimley is credited as Dr. Blair. Well, he's the one that we'll talk about with the defibrillator. Yeah. Um, Charles Hallahan is the one who gets the, who is on the. Oh, okay. He's the body. He's Vance. He's the one with the defibrillator. He's the one that puts the defibrillators on? No, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the doctor. Mm -hmm. But you saw him in Wall Street. Okay. Um, Charles Hallahan. I recognized him from a lot of stuff too i think he was in a police drama wasn't he He was in every drama yeah uh but i found a movie that i'd seen him in that i recognized that he was in uh called fatal beauty starring Whoopi goldberg oh uh she plays uh i don't know a cop i think i don't know i can't remember uh and then there's donald moffat he was like the soldier guy yeah he was gary yeah and uh he's recognizable very recognizable He's been in everything as well. Mm-hmm. All, all these people are like character actors that have been in a lot of stuff. So I picked one. Patriot Games. He was okay. in that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. There was a couple of them I, I don't really think I recognized very much. Like Peter Maloney. The guy oh, who played Windows. Who was he? Uh, Peter Maloney played George. Okay. Um, I don't have Thomas's last name. last name. The guy who played Windows. Uh-huh. He didn't seem familiar to me either. He almost looked like Dr. Jacoby from Twin Peaks. A little. Uh, to yeah. Me. It was just like he, I thought it was him at first and then I realized it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. So that's basically your main cast. Yeah. Those are the, the ones that stand out. Yes. This movie opens in a weird way, right? It really was because I was like, what is going on? This guy is trying to shoot this dog. Right. And he misses terribly. And so... Like, he misses a lot. I, I just had to make the comment that he must have gone to Stormtrooper school. Yeah, yeah. He went to Stormtrooper target practice yes, school. Yes, just... Whatever he you was call terrible, it. terrible at shooting. Yeah. So, they're, sh- they're in this helicopter. They're shooting at this dog. This dog is just running across this Antarctic plane. Yeah. Um, Terrified. This dog isn't the dog that plays the rest of the movie, by the way. Oh. This is a dog that was painted to look like that dog. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yes. So, so, uh. That's fascinating. So they have him running, uh, and it eventually catches up to the crew, 
But it cuts to the crew, like, what was his name? Mac, Macel? Macel? Mac Ready? McCready. McCready. It looks like Mac Ready on paper, yeah. but it's McCready. <laughs> it cuts to McCready. He's drinking his J&B, and uh, he's playing uh, Chess Wizard. Yeah. And we get a little cameo during this. Did you know that? Of what? The voice. Do you know who it is? No. It's Adrian Barbeau. Really? From Escape from New York. I didn't realize and that. Maude. Yeah. Yeah, it was her. Uh, she played the voice because back then you couldn't get good voice on computer. No. Not that good. No. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And it was super clear. And I was like, that's bull crap. <laughs> so I looked and yeah, it certainly is her. John Carpenter, he has a way of bringing a similar cast, some people that he's worked with before, back. A lot of directors do that. I mean... Look at Quentin Tarantino, man. Oh, he yeah. He does it all the time. Yeah. Oh, and The Hateful Eight. He's also in The Hateful Eight. Oh. Kurt Russell. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was big news about that one. <laughs> yeah. So I I like that movie as well. It's kind of like uh, he wears this weird hat. It's like he's digging for gold out yeah, in the middle of like Antarctica. He's a gold prospector. He, it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Leather jacket. Weird prospector kind of hat. So what are they out there to do? Are they scientists uh, just trying to figure out if there was life on Antarctica? What's going on? I can't tell if they were supposed to be there to find soil samples. If they were supposed to be looking for, you know, life in the soil cores. If they were just geologists or if they were weather people. So they're there for an unspecified reason. Yes. Okay. That's what I thought, too, and I was, like, trying to figure out what they were doing during the movie. But let's cut back to the dog. The dog eventually makes it up to the crew. Like, the crew hears the gunshots. One of the guys has, like, these little canister bombs, Mm -hmm. and he just drops them down, and they explode, but nowhere near the friggin' dog. No. Like we said, he went to Stormtrooper Yeah, he's just terrible at his job. And, And maybe... Maybe the 2011 movie explains why he's such a bad shot. Maybe he only has two eyes. I don't know. Or one eye, not two eyes. Everybody. After does. having watched the whole movie, I think I understand why this scene is the way it is. But you have to watch the whole movie to understand. Yeah. I or can at see least that. get to the middle part to go, okay, I get what's going on at the beginning now. It makes more sense. Yeah. Because they must have gone through the same thing that is going to happen in exactly. this movie. We find out these guys are Norwegian. Yes. Um, they don't the, speak the English. guys in the helicopter. Yeah, the guys in the helicopter. They don't speak English, so when they land their helicopter and they run at the dog with guns and the guy shoots at the dog and hits another dude in the leg. Yeah. And then the soldier guy, what's his name? Gary. He kills that one. And the other one accidentally killed himself when he goes to throw a bomb and it slips out of his hand, falls behind him. They don't really have names. No. Just pilot yeah, and co-pilot. Yeah, co-pilot. They kill him. And then they just like, you okay? And the guy's like, yeah, I'm okay. You know, but he clearly just got shot in the leg. He's not okay. Yeah, he got grazed. Yeah. <laughs> what else happens in this movie that's so crazy is um, we find out that the dog is infected with something. Yes. Um, they put him in with a, in a kennel with other dogs. And here's where I say that this dog is a good actor. 
The dog never looks at the camera. Uh, the dog has this thousand-yard stare. All the other dogs are kind of agitated by him. Um, but before that, even, the dog, like, is walking down the hallway mm-hmm. of the building that they're living in and doing their science in. He stops at a doorway, and you can see a shadow of somebody, but you don't know who it is on the wall. Mm-hmm. And the dog goes inside there. Thus, I think the thing is infecting that person. We find out later it's Beardy McBeardson, you know, the guy with the beard and the, uh, the weird-looking guy. You remember who I'm talking about? Which one? With the glasses. Windows? No. No. The, the guy with the glasses uh, and a beard. I don't remember his name. Well, we thought Clark was the one who got it at first. It must maybe Palmer? It could be. I don't know. All I know is that he had the beard. They're standing around in a circle around him, and then they burn him. That was Palmer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we find out it's him later, but backtracking again to the dog in the uh, kennel, mm-hmm. he's sitting in there, and then his face bursts open like the uh, like the uh, thing in uh, Stranger Things, the Demogorgon, yes. right? Yes. And it's like, <laughs> and a lot of people don't see this immediately, but when his face pops open. The dog's skull yes. falls out. So it's just this monstrous thing now. Mm-hmm. And you see tentacles. It's bodies splitting open. Tentacles flying everywhere. Grabbing dogs. Spraying dogs with whatever the goo it is. Who knows why? It was a really gross scene. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is, uh, by all intents and purposes, a body horror type movie. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we could equate this to The Fly. Okay. Um, in, in that sense, where there's just a lot of really gross things that happen to people's bodies. And it's not a bad movie by any ch- any shape, really. Um, and I avoided watching this movie for a very long time because of what people said about the movie. Saying how great it is, that it's John Carpenter's best movie. And in my opinion, it's up there. I'm I'm still a real big fan of Halloween mm-hmm. and a really really big fan of Big Trouble in Little China to go yes. to go yes this is his best movie <laughs> but anyway we're talking about this happening now the dogs are making all this racket there's one dog that's just trying to get out he's like biting he keeps, at the fence yeah and, and trying to pull the fence apart and I'm like holy crap it's like people mm-hmm. you know trying to escape this you know room yeah. And then, uh, you know, brings the attention to everybody else. They Clark runs it. back in, and then yeah. he, he sounds the alarm They for start everybody. shooting at it, uh, and eventually they just burn it. Because they have flamethrowers. Lots of them, apparently. Which is kind of interesting. What do you need a flamethrower <laughs> in Antarctica for? No. <laughs> so they burn it. Another interesting thing that happens is when they decide to go to the Norwegian camp. Yes. They discover that they, they had some tapes, video of what mm-hmm. they've uncovered, and they uncover a uh, a flying saucer. Yes. The very first opening scene of this movie is the is, cheesiest part of the movie. Well, yes, but it is a flying saucer yeah, crashing. crashing in Earth, but yeah. you don't know when it happens. Right. So they they look at all that, and, and it's interesting. It gives it a little bit of a backstory now. So what's interesting here... Is that only McCready and, like, one other guy went to the Norwegian camp. Yeah. Leaving the thing alone. They thought they killed it. Was that before or after? 
It was after they they burned the dog to death. I was thinking that happened before. I don't think so. I would say they find this melded two-headed thing. Yes. It's frozen. They take that back to the uh the lab. They they do a lot of like experimentation. They decide that, you know, it's in the blood. Mhm. I don't know how they draw some of these conclusions. They have a computer program that shows something, but it's, it's all it's, bullcrap science. Well, it's the blood. It's similar to when you're watching uh, a virus yeah. attack blood cells. Yeah. Which, when we watched the 2011 uh, trailer, yeah, they showed that with modern technology, and it makes a whole lot more sense because you can see how it's attacking. Yeah, I can it, see it, that. It's really easy, but, you know, or um, simple. I just disagree with their science on that so they they do that one person gets infected yes and it's palmer palmer now this guy is a sensitive looking guy he's like a nice guy and he starts to transform uh, a series of events happen and he starts transforming and all you hear from him is oh like that mm-hmm. and they just burn him mercilessly he's just he, yeah he runs outside and they done. burn him right there the, the cold-bloodedness of that, those scenes where they have to kill people that they've been in a room with for you know, who knows for how months, long. It is, it is extraordinary how they show that there's like no emotions. It's just a thing. I forget the order of which they uh, die. Well, Palmer is first. Yeah. One of the, one of the most memorable scenes in the entire movie is... Uh, uh, what's his name's character? I think David Clennon or yeah, Charles. Yeah, the one that's on the. Oh, that's David Keith. Yeah, that's David Keith. The one that's on the operating table. He he looks like he's oh, having he's a heart Vance. attack. Vance. All right, he looks like he's having a heart attack, and uh, after a fight, uh, and they whisk him over to an operating table, and they're like working on him with CPR. And then they decide, oh, bring out the defibrillators. So they hit him once with it, and they go for a second time. And his body opens up into a pair of jaws with teeth and crunches down on the doctor, pulling his arms right out of his his body, you know? Yeah. And the doctor's clearly dead. Um, So they burn the body, but the head kind of melts off. Yes. Like, it's like, ugh. Yeah, it, it comes back and it's finding a way to yeah, live. Yeah, it's like dripping off the body. Uh-huh. It's like this weird, gross scene. And it falls to the floor. And it's, not, it's not even its tongue because you can still see its tongue. But a tentacle flies out of the mouth, grabs onto a chair, and pulls him under a desk where it sprouts legs and like these eyes that come up over the head so gross and and it's upside down as well and it starts walking out and everybody's focused on the body until somebody uh, looks at it and they just notice it you gotta be effing kidding me you know (laughs) and and then he burns that as well they locked wilford brimley's character up in a isolated location in a shed yeah he kind of went crazy he was doing all the data yeah and he was like if this gets out Within like um, I think twenty seven thousand hours, yeah, until the entire world population would be taken over. And how many days is that? 
Mm. It's a ton of days. <laughs> well, there's 24 hours in a day. So uh-huh. 27 divided by 24. You know, blah, blah. It's like a thousand some days. A couple years. <laughs> but yeah, and, and he was expertly acting in this movie. I don't think I've ever seen Wilford Brimley in a movie other than maybe Cocoon that uh, has been such... It's It's just really good acting, right? Yeah, he was really good. A memorable scene for me with him is like he wanted to be isolated yeah and so then he he goes and he destroys everything Mm -hmm. and then he's in the shack yeah and then they come back to check on him because they were looking for someone and he's like uh guys i'm i'm ready to come back in now he's like i'm okay now guys yeah but the weird thing about that scene was what the noose the noose he fashioned himself a new he was gonna kill himself so my question is was he changed by that point? Did he actually kill himself? I don't know. Because we know it, later on in the movie, he was taken. Oh, absolutely. All, all of them were, except so, for a couple. my thing is, because the first time they had checked on him, you know, he was like, you know, there's a lot of sounds out here. Yeah. You know, so had he been taken over by this point? Was he taken over before? And that's why he destroyed everything so that nobody could get there? That's part of the mystery. Uh, did he destroy all the blood? Was he yeah, who that? destroyed... There's a scene where they're going to go test the blood because they've decided that that's how they're going to tell who's human and who's not. And the blood is just destroyed. And it's like, who actually did it? And that was where it was between Gary and Dr. Cooper. Yeah. Like, you're the only two that ever get in here, so which one of you did it, you know? And obviously Dr. Cooper was not part of that because he dies so early. And Gary also was proven not to be... Yeah. So, so who, who got into it? the blood? Who knows? <laughs> it's one of those things, like in some John Carpenter movies, I'm not going to say all, but there's just things that happen that don't need to be answered. It, it was what bothered people about The Sopranos, yeah. you know, where they would have some catastrophic thing would happen. It would never be revisited because, well, that's it's taken care of. It's done, you know? Yeah. And so it's done. What's done is done. But yeah, let's talk about the blood thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of, like with McCready, uh, they kicked him out. Yeah, they weren't sure because they'd found that torn jacket of his. Yeah, and he's all alpha male. Oh, totally. At this point. I don't know if he's actually a scientist or if he's just there to protect people. <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah, because all he wants to do is be in his shack and drink. Yeah, that's all I want to do. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, he's... He he has them all donate blood, you know? Yes. All the remaining ones, that is. Um, and by this time, I think there's only five people. There's uh, Nalls. Maybe six. There's Nalls. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Gary. Gary. Um, um, Childs. Yeah. McCready. And the one that... was I think Windows was here. Maybe. But here's the thing. He's testing the blood. And he has like this uh, copper wire uh-huh. and he heats it up and he puts it in this little uh, Petri dish mm-hmm. of blood and nothing happens. And it's really intense because he's going down the thing and he tells uh soldier guy, Gary, Gary, God dang, why do I not? He tells Gary that? he's last. He goes, you're last because <laughs> I know it's you. <laughs> right. Right. But here's the thing. And it's pretty subtle. Whenever they focus on somebody. You see their eyes, mm-hmm. and there's light on their eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Well, for one of them, there is no light on the eyes. 
I didn't catch that. Yeah, and he's the one that... Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he... Uh, and then he, like, hits the guy's blood, and this it, the blood just jumps up out of the... Of yeah. The plane, and it all, like, scurries away. Yeah, I thought that that was actually kind of a good special effects scene. It really because was. Because the blood didn't all come together at one point you know it kind of scattered and then it tried to come back together yeah and then the guy starts transforming he's like you know and like his eyes are bulging and bursting out of his skull Mm -hmm. and uh they're trying to burn him but they can't because dang the flamethrowers are out of gas or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh eventually they burn him and he runs through a wall that is so paper thin i'm wondering why nobody froze to death already (laughs) <laughs> goes out into the uh i parking lot i don't know what you call it uh and they burn him there and he's dead so looking at my notes i had like four pages of notes for this movie yeah because there's just so many characters who we were saying was palmer i think was uh not palmer earlier okay because palmer is found out to be a, a thing during this scene okay so he's that's palmer they were looking for fuchs earlier and they found him burn outside yeah which they think he committed suicide right so there's just a lot going on here yeah and this movie is definitely an ensemble cast this is not somebody's movie no this movie like everybody gets a lot of time in their movie this movie to uh develop their character right another good thing that john carpenter did in this movie he considers this to be his favorite movie by the way i can understand why there was obviously a lot of thought and a lot of time put into this movie absolutely especially when you have such a huge cast yeah you have to try and be semi-fair but you also have to have a breakout star yes and you know kurt russell he's he's a great actor Mm -hmm. um everything i see him in even if i didn't like the movie i liked him in it yeah there you go for that. We'll talk about where did uh, Wilford Brimley's character go? Like, he never gets out of the cabin. He ne- Well, yeah, we don't see him ever get out. But there's a tunnel underneath of this this cabin. Yeah. And they, they go down to, to the tunnel trying to find Blair. And it looks like he's making a mini spaceship. Okay. That's what I thought it kind of <laughs> looked like. Yeah, you know? because they take the generator. All the lights go out, yeah. remember? Yeah. And the guy goes... Gen- generator's gone he's like oh can you fix it he goes no you don't understand it's, it's gone. gone yeah um, so i wasn't sure exactly what he was trying to do maybe he was trying to escape the planet because by this point you're like oh blair's obviously yes. a thing yeah and, and so there you go um and then he's dead because they just blow him up with some dynamite so childs disappears yeah he does and that kind of bothered me because i was like wait we still have one person we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Because by this point, it's just McCready and obviously the thing. Yeah. So I was like, we still have an unresolved character here. Right. <laughs> Which, he comes back. He does. So everything's resolved, right? <laughs> we got Childs, we got McCready. Yeah, we still don't know if Childs is a thing. But we I all know we that they're they're going to die. Yeah, they're definitely going to die. They're definitely going to freeze. Yeah. There's no doubt about it that this is their last days on Earth. Yeah. Um, Unless Childs is, of course, a thing, and then he'll just freeze, and then if he gets taken to the mainland. John Carpenter said that there's a sequel video game. It's called The Thing. Oh. 
and Mac and Childs are not either one of them are not the thing. Oh, interesting. So, and he says as canon. Uh-huh. So, like it really friggin' matters. It mattered to somebody. In 1982, it didn't matter. It's it's the way movies should end sometimes. Like it doesn't have to be a happy ending. No, and I like I like how you don't know if Childs is a thing. Yeah. Because it gives you that open-ended ending. You can draw your own conclusion. Now the uh Short story that was based off of had a happy ending. Really? Yeah. I don't know about the 1951, it came from another planet. Uh, the thing from another planet, I'm sorry. Because I'm not sure. I've never seen it. I couldn't really find too much about it on YouTube, but I wasn't really looking very hard. Mm-hmm. I just typed in the thing. But that the thing from another planet, that thing looked like a Frankenstein's monster. Oh, So yeah. It's very much a 1950s uh-huh. atomic era type movie. They've done some uh, comic books. They've done the uh, 2011 movie that is really just a prequel. And uh, here's what I learned from that. A lot of people don't like it. They do hit some beats, though, like why is the axe in the wall? How did the guy kill himself? What was in the block of ice? Because, you know, they had that gigantic block of ice. And you can see that in the trailer. What were they there for? What did they find? Where did the thing come from? The biggest problem people said was, unlike the 1982 version, mm-hmm. this thing would just reveal itself at a drop of a hat. Oh. And, like, in the in the 1982 movie, it would wait until somebody was alone to take him over. Yeah. In the 2011 prequel, sequel, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, it would, it would reveal itself in groups. That's odd. Yeah, and try and take you over. Yeah. The, Watching the trailer, it seemed like it was very similar to the plot, like room to room kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, of, it's, of the it's 1982 a, version. Is it beat for beat like reenactment? Yeah, sort of uh, is what another reviewer had said. And uh, they, there's a scene in the in the spaceship, and you see the spaceship's pilot, but for some reason they decided to take out all practical effects. And put in this CGI, but the CGI was so rushed, it looks like not good. Really? Yeah, just not good. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of people don't like the movie because of that. I'd like to see it just to form my own opinion on it now that I've seen the thing. So, but like, okay, so the movie ends. Yeah. We got Childs and Mac. A lot of people are like, well, Childs, you couldn't see his breath, so he was obviously the thing. That's not true because I was watching for that specifically. Uh-huh. Um, somebody else said that when Mac gave Childs the whiskey, the, uh-huh. whatever it was, Staffle. J&B, mm-hmm. it was actually gasoline. And because he had no reaction to it being gasoline, it was he was definitely the thing. And that's a bunch of bull crap because you don't <laughs> see him do that. It's no. not even implied one bit. No. So, I mean, people the have only- their theories and they want childs to be the bad guy the only thing that i would have gotten from that scene to be implied is that if mccready had been infected like after the explosion and everything he had drank from the bottle and that if he was infected he was infecting child exactly that's the only thing i could see implied but that's not even an implication because there's no way of telling exactly one of them then that's that's a far-reaching implication so What's your favorite part of the movie? When Mac is playing uh, the chess wizard. 
Really? Yeah, I just thought that was so funny. He just gets upset and dumps his. <laughs> but it was. Drink. I mean, it was. It was nice to see this old technology. Yeah. And that that was what computers were. You That's know? exactly what computers were. Yeah, and and how he got upset and he destroys it, and it's like, well. You're going to not be able to play that ever right. again for however long you're here. Exactly. <laughs> so nobody needs to play that much chess anyway. I'm going to say my favorite part of the movie, I think, would be that intense scene with the guys tied up. Yeah. And, and them testing the blood. Because mm-hmm. you, you get the tense music. You got the eye contact Mm -hmm. you got to see the hand holding the petri dish yeah um and it's always the same angle if you didn't notice Mm -hmm. we need to rub it Mm -hmm. and so i'm like okay there's gonna be a jump scare and there was (laughs) honestly i don't get scared of anything anymore i've watched i i must be so desensitized now because nothing has affected me in like two years yeah yeah we uh watched the haunting of hill house yeah and Everyone was like, oh, this is the scariest thing ever. And I watched it and I only had one jump scare. Yeah. None of the ghosts, uh, one ghost scared me. Yeah. Why is that beeping? Because it just won't. One ghost scared me. Yeah. And it was in the wine cellar. Okay. But all the rest, nothing. Yeah. And at the end, I blubbered like a baby and I was like, this is not scary (laughs) if I'm crying. (laughs) Yeah, and so maybe we're both desensitized. I mean, this is our second horror movie, and the the only thing that really grossed us out in both movies was the body horror. Yeah. I mean, it's just gross. It's not scary. Yeah, nothing scared me in this movie. Well, that's good. Uh, it's a science fiction movie. Yeah, and um, I love science fiction. You know what other movie came out this same, the same exact day? What? Blade Runner. Really? Yeah. You know what came out a couple weeks before this movie? Hmm. E.T. Oh, my. Yeah. You know what killed this movie in the box office? E.T.? People thinking it might be E.T. or E.T. related. Really? Or Blade Runner related. And Blade Runner didn't get good reviews, nor did this movie. In fact, Roger Ebert pretty much called it a pile of crap. Uh, He hated the movie. Um, Other reviewers said it was a terrible movie. The editor got made fun of because of his fade to black. Uh, the style. fade to black had to be the thing I did it not was, like about this movie the most. It was a little bit un- unnerving. It was like they purposefully did it because they knew it was going to be on TV eventually. Yeah, maybe. That's that's how I kind of felt. Yeah. I had a hard time finding anything I disliked about the movie, but the fade to black was what I, I guess I did not okay. like. Okay, well that's what you didn't like about the movie. What I didn't like about the movie was the very opening scene of the star <laughs> our spaceship crashing yeah it was cheesy you didn't have to tell us where it came from no because we already know that it's some sort of alien during the movie yeah you didn't have to show us this terrible animation yeah of a spaceship crashing Mm -hmm. that being said it is what it is that if that's the only thing you don't like about a movie Mm -hmm. that was right at the beginning yeah everything else is cheese man yeah so like we got it who was your most like character? McCready. McCready? Uh-huh. Okay. I like her. I can see that. But I uh, like this character. I like Wilford Brimley a lot. He was good. Uh, he was excellent in yeah. this movie. Um, same with uh, Keith David. Mm-hmm. Another guy that he gets a lot of credits. You know, he's got a lot of credit, like over 300 now. Oh, wow. So he works. Mm-hmm. He works to this day. Yeah. As does Kurt Russell. 
Wilfred Brimley might be dead. I don't remember. I uh, think he has <laughs> passed. Uh, I can check that. A couple of the other people, like, you see them and you're like, oh, I know that guy. You know? Yeah. And they're these character actors, these not method actors, but character actors that play different roles. when They play what they're needed to play. So I liked Wilfred Brimley's character just because of his... He's still alive. He's still alive. <laughs> Wilfred Brimley, way to go, man. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, so you get these people that this whole cast, well, maybe not the whole cast, but the ones that I've named, they're still around to this day. Mm-hmm. And they, they still work. Yeah. That's a testament to acting mm-hmm. as well. Because, like... You see, you see these big stars, you know, and you're mm-hmm. like, ooh, celebrity this guy or celebrity that guy. You're like, whatever happened to this guy? Oh, he's in stuff to this day. Mm-hmm. He, you just don't recognize him. Yeah. Oh, he works once or twice a year. That's awesome. And that's why I think acting really is. So you mentioned this and because I didn't catch it at first. But there's a Mac and a Windows Yeah, in this movie. There's a guy named Mac, you know, McCready, and then there's a guy named Windows. And this is before either one of those things were a thing. Yeah. So there was no Macintosh, there was no Windows. I just thought that was kind of funny. It is very much a coincidence, though. Maybe John Carpenter knew the future. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did, you, did you pick up any themes or possible lessons learned? Um, The theme to me is paranoia. Okay. Because whether it was an alien or a virus like Ebola or something like that, they would have acted the same way if someone was infected to try and not affect the rest of the planet. Exactly. I would say it's that there's like this weird claustrophobia, even though we're an outside, Mm -hmm. there's like this claustrophobia I got, like everything is like right up in your face. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the walls are closing in and you don't know who your friends are and you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Who do you trust? Who do you trust? Mm -hmm. And it's, I just got these, this vibe like, oh my gosh, this is tense. And you know, I have that empathy problem, you Mm -hmm. know, and I, I can feel like the tense moments and I'm like, oh no, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I'd say that's. A theme, I guess. It's like paranoia, claustrophobia. They There's a definite emotional response that you want to get from a movie. Um, and I feel that those are proper. Yeah. So John Carpenter usually does the soundtrack, the musical scores. Oh, okay. Uh, he didn't do it on this one. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, he wrote the famous Halloween theme. Mm-hmm. But the thing, no, he didn't do that. I can honestly say that I the music was not memorable. It's not supposed to be. Yeah. John Carpenter has gone on record as saying that uh, uh, music should just be the wallpaper of the movie. Mm-hmm. So it should it should very much be in the background. It shouldn't be up in your face. For this movie, I can agree with that. But in some movies, I think music is just as much of a character. Yeah. Well, we talked about that during Empire yeah. Records. Is that music was definitely a yeah. character there. And, so, and you'll get that in like musicals. But if you're trying to do an intense scene and all you hear is, you know, so music. In, in that instance, yeah, when we go when we go back to Halloween, though, 
and he's got that music. That music mm-hmm. is just as much a character. No. That music sets a tone. It does set a tone. And that's exactly But it, what it's it is. almost like a character. I disagree. I can disagree. Okay. I disagree. But it's not wallpaper in Halloween. In no, in Halloween it is very much to show you that something scary is going to happen. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it's part of the movie. You could take that music out and have just a guy in silence staring at a woman. Well, yeah. And it's going to be be even scarier, actually. Yeah. (laughs) So, how much do you think this movie cost to make? You know how terrible I am at this. Yeah. And I think you mentioned it, so... I did, and I was wrong. It was wrong where I found... Really? Yeah. So, um, having been mostly on a soundstage... Mm Mm-hmm. And then some exterior. Um, I'm gonna say forty million. That is expensive for okay. a John Carpenter See? movie. That I is told really you I'm expensive. terrible at this. No, it was uh, it was somewhere between ten to fifteen million. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, yeah, they did do a lot of this on a soundstage. It was like a hundred and something degrees outside, but inside this soundstage, they they got it down to a crisp, cool thirty nine degrees. Yeah, that and they, is... they made their own snow and all this other yeah. crap. Sometimes you go, why waste the money? Just go somewhere where it's cold. Yeah. You know? They could control this environment a lot more, though. So knowing that they made, that the movie cost $15 million to make, mm-hmm. how much do you think this movie made? Not that much. All right. Because we already established that... It did not do well in the theater. No, we didn't establish you. that. No. I thought you said that. No, it got bad reviews. Okay. There's way difference. I mean, Howard the Duck got bad reviews, and it almost got number one, I think, in the box office that first week. That's just crazy. Yeah. That movie's stupid. And I could be wrong, so fight me. No. <laughs> <laughs> just to give me the answer. Uh, $19 million. So oh, this so movie, it made a profit. This movie made money. Well, that's good. Because it yeah. should have made profit. Other than our last two movies that made way less than what the movie was right. cost. I mean, <laughs> there's a reason why there's no Empire Records sequel. I don't think that movie ever needed a sequel. I didn't. No. All right. So that was the thing. We enjoyed the thing. Follow us on Twitter at FuntimeMovies1. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. iTunes or Google Play. Or can you subscribe on SoundCloud? Yeah. Okay. A lot of people don't have, like, mostly creators, I think, have accounts on SoundCloud. Oh, okay. I don't know anyone personally. SoundCloud works. Yeah. You're the tech lady. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, yeah, follow us on Twitter at Funtime Movies One. That is Funtime Movies and the number one. I hope you enjoy our podcast. Leave us some feedback. Yeah, we'd love to know what you think. Um, I'd like to hear some criticisms. If you don't like this podcast, tell us why. Be nice about it, though. Yeah. We're still human beings. <laughs> um, or give us some suggestions of what you'd like yeah, to hear if, us talk about. If you want to hear us talk about your favorite movie, I am more than willing to find that movie in any way possible just to review it just for you personally. With that said, you know, what do we always say? Go see a movie. Go see a movie.